Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light! All daylight! All night light! Here we go! Here we go! Ah! Keep it all! Keep it all! Keep it all! We are right! This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Rapine. He is Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers at 923thefan and 923thefan.com, breaking down the Browns, Indians, Cavaliers for you each and every week right here. It's a new podcast, second week, second episode Daryl and I are excited. I can confirm. I'm going to speak for you, Daryl. You're excited to do this. Is this episode two, Revenge of Daryl or something? That's right. Revenge of Daryl. You you uh, you cried over the weekend. We're going to get to that. I didn't cry. Yeah. yeah. I swore a lot. Uh, cry, no. You Swear, swore, yes. You swore while you cried and your tears froze because there was a snowstorm in Cleveland. We'll get to that, too. Uh, he's on Twitter, at RightOrWrongFan. I'm on Twitter, at James Erpine. So give us a follow there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And... Uh, yeah, we're doing this each and every week at 923thefan.com, and it'll be posted on other platforms as well uh, here in the, the near future. So we're excited about that. But let's dive in. It's conference championship weekend, and that's where we ended last week's podcast. We gave some predictions for the conference championship games, and let's start with your New Orleans Saints. I am uh, now, I think, one for four on the year. Your New Orleans Saints. They had them. They did. They 13 nothing. Uh the game changes on the fake punt. We'll dive into all that, but the call that everyone's talking about or the non-call that everyone's talking about is a blatant, obvious, clear pass interference, helmet to helmet, unnecessary roughness and none of them were called. They, they I, had three they had they had three options <laughs> on the flag and the official chose none of them. Yeah. You had three options and you chose none. And that to me it left a sour taste in my mouth. It left a sour taste in, I think, everybody who was watching that game. And it was a wonderful game. It went Not to overtime. If you're a Rams fan, you're, a Rams fan, you're like, hell yeah, all right. Well, yeah, but even then, it to yeah, yeah, of course, you like the end result as a Rams fan. Um, but but it still leaves I mean, it. you had the Rams players bragging in the locker there's room. Like 12, yeah, first off, out. there's like 12 Los Angeles Rams fans. Twelve. Are, are there even 12? I, I You know, I mean, that 12. Not f- friends and family don't count. Correct. So if you take them out, 12. I'll Although, say 12 I have even. to say, one of my good friends works for the Rams, so I can't hate on him too much. I'm, ha- I'm happy for my boy, Miles, former intern here at 92.3 Look the at fan. you. Na- name dropping, he, shouting um, out. He worked with me during Browns training camp a couple of years ago. Ended up getting hired by the Rams when they were in St. Louis. Uh, did such an outstanding job with them that they moved him to Los Angeles. Wow. And uh, he's still there. So he gets to go to the Super Bowl. So that that's a hell of a career leap from him to go from helping Daryl Ryder cover Cleveland Browns <laughs> training camp to now he's covering Super Bowl 53. And Mercedes-Benz the- Stadium's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, tough loss for the Saints. And it, it's unfortunate that such an egregious error tainted what was a great championship Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, the AFC Championship was just as good. 
I really don't want to hear people bitching about overtime rules. I think the overtime rules are perfectly fine. I think where the NFL needs to invest its energy this offseason is in the officiating. Whether it's making more guys full-time, whether it's training these guys better, I don't know what, but you just you can't miss a receiver being tackled with the conference championship on the line and not call and have the option to call three penalties and you call none of them. Mm-hmm. And nobody else on the field is willing to come over and help out. Or the the side judge's ego is so big, he's like, no, no, I saw everything. It's all good. And it wasn't. So I, I think the NFL really needs to look at their officiating this offseason. We saw it here in Cleveland. And and this is this is a case in point for Browns fans. During the season, James, I kept telling people, you know, whether it was the 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 off the offsides or I should say the false start, uh, the Chargers committed that ended up in a touchdown. I mean, the Browns got their butt kicked that game anyway, so that call really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But it was an egregious officiating mistake. Oakland whether, is what stands the, out to me. You know, the how you could respot a ball without a camera angle of the actual line to gain after a replay review is still beyond me. Uh, the, in that Oakland game, too, uh, you had the strip sack. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett had a, had a, a strip sack that should have gone for a scoop six uh, in that game that got wiped out because the, the quarterback was ruled in the grass or so, some nonsense. Um, and, and I kept telling Browns fans, listen, it's not just you. The NFL doesn't just hate you. It hates the other 31 – well, the other 30 teams because – uh, you know, Tom Brady and the holier oh, than the don't do that. New England Patriots what? getting the. Did you see? Did you see the roughing the quarterback penalty he got? All right, so it's a missed call, and people keep bringing that a up. Missed oh, call. Oh, only Tom Brady he got gets a that. Love tap on the shoulder pad and got 15 yards. And you know what the official thought it was? He thought he got hit in the head. He got hit in the face mask. Yeah, I know it was a bad and here's call. The thing. Don't think. Your eyes aren't deceiving you. Call what your eyes sure. see. Don't call what you think. So here's here's the argument. And a lot of people, a lot of fans are saying, all right, and, well, and that, apparently that the guy should be in reviewable. New Orleans didn't think anything because he didn't call anything. It, they all should have been reviewable, right? That's what fans are thinking. And to me, if, if they, you do that, and this is my concern, because it's like review everything because you could get that call ready. You then could you're going to have college right. football where the game's going to take five hours. Forever. And the last thing it. I want is stop after stop. After stop, just to review what? I think they, you know. I think they. I think that there's two mechanisms the league can do here. Mm-hmm. One is you can institute an automatic, similar to the it, the final two minutes of each half, because that's usually when things are in the balance. The final two minutes of the half. Because I mean, if it's the second quarter with eight minutes left and it's a questionable pass interference, that is not going to decide. The and game. we're going to forget about it anyway. Right. There, there was a questionable call on the Rams. Earlier right. in the game that we forgot about. Anyway, right. Go ahead. Uh, well, the Saints had Goff by the face mask that, didn't, that, that, that did yep. not get called. So um, there is a human error element to this thing. and uh, But unfortunately, this this is one that just is, is unacceptable. You just you can't have it. it. It's not like it was a questionable pass interference. There were three fouls on the play mm-hmm. that could have been called. You could have had pass interference. You could have had defenseless receiver. And you had helmet-to-helmet contact. So when you have three fouls and none get called, that's an issue. But I, I think that what the league can do, James, is, 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 is they have a couple options at their disposal. I don't think reviewing everything or expanding instant replay is the way to go. That's here. my nightmare. I don't think that that's that, the way to go. It's a nightmare. It's going to totally mess with the flow of the game. 
it, it, you know, I, I think what you do, the final two minutes, yes, give give the replay center in New York the option to buzz the game location. Hey, we're looking at this real quick just to make sure that it was or was not a foul. Or hey, uh, you guys need to huddle up on this thing. I you, you got a you know you got a mistake here. You need to you need to correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's option one. The problem with that option is it's very ambiguous. There's a lot of gray area, and you could potentially create even more problems than you actually saw. And that would be my concern. Is let's say it's a, an obvious holding call that doesn't get called. Right. I mean, what's and, the and limit? Now, correct. Where where's the line? Where's it drawn? And and how's it going to affect things? Because all of a sudden, if it's a random, oh, we're getting buzz from New York, and there's a holding on 77, and now first and 10 becomes second and 25, it's a nightmare, you know, yeah. depending on where the spot is and all that stuff. It's just, that's scary. My second option is to give, similar to the challenge system, mm-hmm. have a penalty challenge. One? Each coach gets one penalty challenge. Per game. And here's how it works. If you win your first penalty challenge, you get a second one. If you don't win the penalty challenge, you lose your timeout and you no longer get to challenge penalties. Yeah. Is that only pass interference? You can't challenge holding. Well, that to me would be a nightmare. Right. And and again, there is face the, mask, face mask and pass interference there, only. There, there are no perfect solutions to fix what happened in New Orleans other than just get better officials. Mm-hmm. Just get better officials. And that's where I'm at. Look, if if a player messed up, goofed up, threw an interception, had a, a an awful get, well, guess what? They're getting cut. Right. You, you know, I, I think back to some of the biggest gaffes in NFC title game history. The one that, that comes to mind the most is a couple years ago, the Packers. The fumbled onside kick. Yeah. That that guy, I forget his name, but he was cut the next day or yeah. two days later. And, and he's still in the NFL or bouncing around. But that, to me... That's where you're at. If you're an official and you're in that game, you can't screw up in that moment that bad. Yeah, now, and and so back simple. to my earlier point to Browns fans, it's not just that the NFL hates you and you're getting all these crappy calls. Crappy calls have been throughout the league for the entire year. And part of the issue is they had some retirements, okay? Some of the experienced guys got out. Biceps, and, Ed Hockley. Yeah, now his son's in there. Yeah. And his son was part of the egregious, uh, the you know, quarterback was a runner, therefore he's allowed to be hit in the head, Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. at, at Tampa <laughs> Bay. So I think that that's where we're at. Just get better officials, plain and simple. Um, I don't think that there's a, there's a perfect solution to what happened in New Orleans. It sucks that they basically ripped a second Super Bowl opportunity away from one of the all-time greatest players in the game. And also, it's 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 a very harsh, bitter reminder of just how hard it is not only to get to a Super Bowl or to the championship round in any sport, mm-hmm. World Series in baseball, NBA Finals in basketball, the Stanley Cup Finals in hockey. It, it, it's really, really hard to win it. And, um, and we've seen it here, you know. Uh, everyone's optimistic because the Browns went, Seven, eight, and one. Well, I I am too, but next year's not guaranteed for as mm-hmm. good as everything seems to be coming together. I mean, God, I the Indians in 2016 losing games out of that. Okay, okay, no big like the coping mechanism for that was it's no big deal because they're gonna get back next year and they're gonna get back the, the year after that, and they're gonna have plenty of chances to win a World Series. Guess what? The Indians haven't sniffed the World Series since losing that game seven. And quite frankly, and I'm not hating on them, I just think it's reality. 
I don't think they're going to. I mean, it took them nearly 10 years to recover after uh, from Game 7 of the 97 World Series in Miami just to get back to the ALCS, which, oh, by the way, they were up 3-1 and blew the final three games against the Boston Red Sox in 2007. And then it took almost another 10 years, just to, you know, nine more It's years. a process, especially you know, in baseball. It, 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 so it's, it's just a harsh, bitter reminder of how difficult it is in any sport to climb the mountaintop, covering the Cavaliers the last couple of years in the playoffs and just seeing how what a grind the NBA playoffs are, mm-hmm. not only to, to win a conference championship, but to try and win the whole thing. Um, so there's a, I, I just have a little different perspective and greater respect and appreciation for what it takes to to get to that level. And that's why I'm even more pissed because they were right there. Like they had the game one. Now the argument is that you could, could have still banked the field goal or shanked the field goal mm-hmm. after killing the clock and, and, and whatnot, or you got to play defense a couple of times and your defense didn't get it done. Um, you did get the ball back on a, a, another possession in overtime, and you did nothing with it. I get all those arguments, but there is something to be said for momentum. And what a call like that does, you think you have the conference championship won, all of a sudden that's ripped away from you over a no call. There's an emotional element. that you, mm-hmm. the, the, the adrenaline and everything that you had going, it sucks the life out of you a little bit. So, yes, the Saints still had chances to win the, the football game after that call, but... You just, I think the NFL, the solution to the problem, the NFL just needs to get better officials. Sure. Because what I watched this year, and and again, this isn't just because I'm in the vacuum of covering the Cleveland Browns. And I, it was every week, every whether it was with Ken and Anthony in the morning or the midday guys or Bull and Fox or even at night with, with Chico, it was every freaking week they're asking me about officiating. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it just, it became a weekly thing. So... I think that the solution is an expanded replay. It is, you know, what's done is done. There's nothing you can do to to fix what happened in New Orleans. I think how you fix it is you just get better people at the job. Period. That's fair. No, and that's fair. And this is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. We do this every single week at 923thefan.com. I get it. And you did mention the Saints having Chances, having opportunities. That's where I'm at. Sean Payton, what the hell are you doing? You get the ball. <laughs> Ted Ginn makes that catch, which I've never seen Ted Ginn make a catch like that, a contested Ram- catch. Rams had two timeouts, so it didn't matter if he ran it. The that, clock was still no, going to be what the clock I'm not was. saying run the clock out. Third and ten. Who are you throwing to? Who was that? Because Michael Thomas is the guy that I would throw it to. It would be finding a way to get the ball to 13, and they didn't. And that that's the guy you target. That would be the guy. Yeah, but here's the thing. It, it, I, it, I, think that this, I think the Rams had that sniffed out. That's fine, but why do I always watch New England somehow get the ball to Edelman or somehow get the ball to Gronk? You know, I mean, that's what they do, and, the, and that's the difference to me. And you mentioned, and I'm going to tie it all together, you mentioned how hard it is to get to a championship. That's what makes... Brady, Belichick, Belichick, Brady, so amazing is the fact. And they, honestly, I think they're going to, my gut feeling is they, they're they going to lose to the Rams. I think the Rams are more talented. I actually hope they do. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I, I, and I just, I, I'm there. But but to me, the fact that they still, and I don't think they were the most talented team in the playoffs. They were probably the fourth most talented roster of the four playing on Championship oh, so, Sunday. So you, so you bought the Brady and Belichick, nobody thinks we're any good anymore BS? To a, to a degree. I, yeah, I, I, I think, no, I think that they knew 
this was the worst. This is the worst roster that they've made the Super Bowl with in this three-year stretch that they've went back to back to back years. And I, I, I expected Mahomes to find a way. And we both picked Kansas City last week, um, and, and they didn't. So tie it all together. Hey, Sean Payton, how about you find a way to get one more first down? You yeah. have Drew Brees. How about in overtime when you get the ball first? Everyone's whining and bitching and moaning about how New England got the ball first and they marched right downfield, made it look easy. That's really freaking hard to do. All, all you have to Drew do is Brees play defense. The Saints, yes, Drew Brees and the Saints had that, and guess what happened? They got pressure on Brees, hit his elbow, ball goes up in the air, targeting Michael Thomas, by the way, and the Rams pick it off. Uh, so... Let's tie it all together. I don't think there's a, a huge overtime issue. Um, in- no, I mean you're this just in. You are allowed to play defense in overtime. Correct. Like, I, I I think that when they adjusted the overtime rules a couple years ago, and they took the sudden death aspect out of it, you know, so if you kick a field goal, the other team still gets an opportunity to possess the ball. I think that that was the overtime remedy. But if you kick off in overtime and you give up an 80-yard drive for a touchdown, well, that's your bad. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that how they changed the overtime rules a couple – I thought that was the perfect remedy for it. There's nothing else to change. Mm-hmm. Play defense in overtime. Yep. Plain and simple. Like, you're on the field too, you know. Um. So, you know, Kansas City fired their defensive coordinator, uh, which, I mean, what, they were ranked 30th or 31st? believe Bob Sutton. They were like 30th or 31st in the league mm-hmm. but th- this past season. But, you know, you can play defense. So, I, again, I think the NFL needs to focus their attention on rectifying this officiating issue more so than the overtime rules. I think the mm-hmm. overtime rules are perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine. There's nothing. Time, look, listen, you got beat by the greatest of all time. If you're Kansas City right now and you're Pat Mahomes – and I and I know I just like said you can't play this card when I used the Indian example with it, but what Pat Mahomes is what 22, 23 years Correct. old. It's his first year starting. Right. So he, odds are that this is not going to be the last time he's in the postseason, and you got beaten by the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Tom Brady beat you. Like that. That's just that's all there is to it. And your defense sucked. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I don't think that the overtime issue is an issue. I, it's it's great for you, me, and everyone are, uh, that does this for a living to talk about. It's great fodder for fans. I just I don't see the issue with the overtime rules. I see an issue with the officiating, mm-hmm. and they need better people calling these games. But I, I think that they brilliantly restructured the overtime rules. And listen, you get you give up a drive. Hey, if the if Drew Brees would have marched the Saints right down the field after getting that overtime kickoff and 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 put a touchdown on the board, guess He'd be what? Be in the Super Bowl. I'm not dropping all the seven dirty words or whatever. Sean Payton's overrated. Oh wow! I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Sean Payton's overrated. He's in the NFC Championship game with oh, Drew Brees man. playing at such a high level. I thought you were going to say Sean McVay's well, a genius. L- last year. By the way, if you're Sean McVay's water boy, you're in line for a head coaching job yeah, next year. Yeah, it might replace Sean Payton. Last year, your your defensive secondary is unprepared with 10 seconds to go. Do you think a Bill Belichick coach defense has that screw-up in the Minnesota Miracle? Probably not. This year, your team has the ball under, what, it was a minute to go. You have the ball in Rams territory. You minute kick, 40. Uh, it was a minute 40. Oh, not, yeah, that's not, right. not that I was paying attention or yeah, anything. <laughs> it was, I knew it was under two minutes to go. I knew that. Um, so you, you have that. You get the three-point lead. Then you go to overtime. You have the ball. 
You have he, so many opportunities. You know here. what? You know what it reminds Sean me. Sean Payton's of? overrated. It it reminds me. I I don't think Sean Payton's overrated. I think that it reminds me of LeBron with the Cavs. LeBron played eleven seasons here. The Cavaliers have just one championship to show for it. Sean Payton and Drew Brees, all the time that they've spent together in oh, New Orleans, don't do Grace, this. they only have one champ. Don't it's, do it's, this. It, it's disappointing. It's it's it it is. is How dis- many of those eleven years did LeBron have the roster that the Saints do? The Saints might have. The they, most talent in the league, or they're right there. There's a reason I picked them to win the Super Bowl this year. Kamara, Michael it, Thomas. It has nothing to do with the fact that I was born in New Orleans either. I just I thought that they were the most complete team in the National Football League yeah. this year, and they blew it. Listen, I thought they were the most talented they, team last they, year for sure. They they blew it. I, I I admit it. But he's not overrated. I don't think Sean Payton's overrated. And LeBron never had a uh, a Sean Payton equivalent either. No, he had he had Mike Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, Ty Lue. He, well, hey, Ty won a championship. No, with no, Ty no Lue, but, so. but but I can't yeah. can't can't bag on. But I'm Ty. saying Ty Lue was known before he he came here he to had, Cleveland. He had David for getting Blatt. stepped over. <laughs> he had David Blatt, uh, <laughs> Mike Brown. See? Paul Silas. Don't make excuses. Paul speak- Silas, that's right. Am yes, I, Paul am Silas. Am I speaking Chinese? <laughs> Paul freaking Silas. That's right. Oh, my God. Forgot about good old Paul. Oh, gosh. This, the Paul Silas stories I could tell. Someday we'll get into it on this podcast. That's See, what we Paul, need- Paul Silas might be underrated. It, in the, in the, but Sean Payton's overrated. When, when we when we get into like the slow times of the year, we're going to do some story time with Uncle Daryl. That's I, great. I, I love. Some- we'll get a sounder. <laughs> I got some Story fun. time with Uncle Daryl. Oh boy, yeah. That I would probably say, am I speaking Chinese? Is probably one of my all-time top five favorite quotes ever. And I would have agreed with you. With uh, sorry, I, I'm just ignoring what you just said. I would have agreed with you about the LeBron comparison if it wasn't for the past two or three years where the Saints have drafted well, they've won double-digit games, they've won their division, they've been one of the better teams in the league. Before that, when they were going 7-9 and nine a couple years ago towards they're the gonna, end, they're gonna it look felt back like on the, They're, they're going Cavs. to look back on this stretch, I think, similar to the Cavaliers, uh, in, in the sense that you had one of the greatest of all time. I'm not willing to... I, I think GOAT gets used way too much in our business. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't... I think Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Just, Top 10. I, his, his I'll resume, just cop out, top yeah, 10. His resume <laughs> speaks for itself. Sure. But the fact that the Saints have only been able to win one championship, mm-hmm. and again, it goes back to my how freaking hard it is to win a championship. Mm-hmm. They have one of the greatest players of a generation in Drew Brees. They got one championship, and that that was won nine years ago. And, and I remember when the Saints won Super Bowl forty four. Mm-hmm. How excited I was and thinking, man, gonna do this, gotta do this a lot now, right? And then just one thing after another, you know, whether it's the Minnesota Miracle or the. And I give Breeze credit in the Minnesota Miracle game. He balled out. He did. In that fourth quarter. He lost on a free play. Going against that Minnesota defense, which was awesome, and, and just destroyed it in the fourth quarter, shredded them, gives them the lead. Game should be over. That was his moment. That was the. Game's on the line. I'm Drew Brees. I'm going to go yep. down there and win it and get my team to the Super Bowl. And then Sean Payton's team looked unprepared. The def- the defense got caught with the And I know down. it was a rookie. I get it. Got caught with Patriots the rookies down. make interceptions in the Super Bowl. That I win know, it. I know, I know. But Malcolm Butler. Going to look back on this stretch and just be uh, very regretful. You only got one. Because I, I, I think this was it for them. I, I think it might be two. I, I, I don't know how you recover from this. So Again, I go back to Game 7 with the Indians. 
How do you recover from losing a Game 7 of a World Series in extra innings? Mm -hmm. The Indians are the only team in history to now have to do it twice. After being up 3-1. Yeah. And, that, I mean, well, that's... the second time they were up 3-1, but you're up in the bottom of the ninth inning. You, you're up a run. You, you mm -hmm. know, you're up 2-1 in the bottom of the ninth, three outs away. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're hanging the tarps at Joe, the old Joe Robbie Stadium, whatever they call that place down in uh, Miami yeah. these days. But I was talking about the more recent time, but yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, I just, you know, how do you recover from something? And I, I honestly don't think that they do. I, I really don't. I think that this very well could be the, the end for them because the Rams aren't going anywhere. That team is, is built for – for a little bit of a run here. Uh, they've done, you give the that organization, Stan Kroenke and company, you give them a lot of credit for what they've built. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, again, just recognizing how hard it is to get to that level. Um, so, yeah, you just, you, you can never take for granted the, we'll be back there next year. Yeah. Speaking of we'll be back, we'll be back in just a second. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. And up next, I'm going to run a theory by Daryl on why it was a good thing that the Rams won. We'll get to that oh, next on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's dive into this. So I think it's a good thing. For the NFL in general that the Rams won. Are Why? you ready because, for this? Because there'll be a 13th person that gives two craps that there's a team in L.A. No, now? no, no. I, I don't care about that. And by the way, they don't really care about that in L.A. I have friends in L.A. Right? I know they don't. They, they, they don't. Yeah, they're just, you know, just the okay. Like, they, like casual L.A. residents. They, just, eh. they, they care that the Dodgers make the World Series. They care about the, the Lakers. about the Lakers being good. They don't give two bleeps about the Clippers. They don't care about either hockey team. The Chargers. The, the Chargers play in a 20,000-seat soccer stadium that's filled with 19,000 fans from the opposing team. Yeah. So basically the Chargers play 16 road games a year. Um, I think that they're the team that they have to get out. Like, if you want to keep – obviously the Rams aren't going over. They're building this beautiful stadium out there. It's going to be the Disneyland of football, as they're calling it. With you know the NFL Network and NFL Media is going to move on to the campus where that stadium is and everything. That's all well and good, but you, you, the Chargers don't have a long term future in Los Angeles. No, they, they should just, have stayed in San Diego. They they don't. Well, I think it would have been great. They they couldn't stay in San Diego because that stadium was such a dump. It was the second worst stadium behind Oakland. Owners should be able to build their own stadium. Build their I, own. Stadium. I don't disagree. The Forty ers built their own stadium. 
the Golden State Warriors built their own arena. The San Francisco Giants built their own ballpark. Mm -hmm. The Los Angeles Dodgers renovated Dodger Stadium. The Los Angeles Lakers and Clippers built the arena. I think the I think the Clippers were in on that. Um, like public dollars in California for stadiums just do not exist, and yet the state has been able to basically, with the exception of the Chargers and the Raiders and the Oakland Athletics, build all these facilities. And it's because they have they've they all have owners that have the means to do it. I am. You know, the the financial landscape of professional sports has now changed, mm -hmm. whereas you have billions upon billions of dollars in revenue coming courtesy of television contracts, which 20, 30 years ago in the stadium building boom in the 90s when it began, that weren't there. And so you needed the public subsidy to to help. Yep. You don't need that anymore. Agreed. You know, mm -hmm. I, you know, uh, I am of the firm belief if the Cleveland Browns ever want a new stadium, which I think in 10 years they potentially sure. could want a new stadium. I, I absolutely think that will happen. They can build it themselves. They should. You've got billionaire owners that uh, have the money to do it. It's your, your, your team, your investment. Do it. You know, the Indians, I think it's a little different story because of the it's different dollars with Major League Baseball versus the NFL. Uh, Dan Gilbert has sunk. Uh, well over $100 million of his own money mm -hmm. into the arena since he bought the Cavaliers. I mean, I, I remember when he first bought the team, the first thing he did was change out the seats, and he paid for it because he didn't want to see the ugly blue seats <laughs> on television. Yeah. So he put the tore out the seats, put in all new seats, he put a new scoreboard in, and he just didn't even want to bother with the whole political discourse and red tape and everything else. But, yeah, I, I'm of the belief now when you're talking about stadiums it's part of the reason Mark Davis went went to to Las Vegas or will go to Las Vegas. He does not have the financial depth that all these other owners have. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't have to buy his way into the league with billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So he does. He just he does, he doesn't have the money to build his own stadium. Same thing with the Oakland A's. That's why they're having the problems that, the they're, having. that they're having. Yeah. You know. Uh, and the same thing with the Chargers. Uh, that family uh, that that owns them, they just they don't have the financial backing to finance that stadium. Mm -hmm. But I think that where the NFL needs to step in is you is you need to make that happen no matter what. Sure, you know whether, I'm with you. Whether it's you're taking a you know they already have a stadium program in place. So I, I remember when the Browns renovated First Energy Stadium. Thirty million came from the the city of Cleveland over fifteen years, uh, and the rest of it was paid for by the Browns. And granted, that was because First Energy gave them a hundred million bucks for the naming rights, so they basically flipped that revenue into a into a stadium renovation. But to pay for it up front, they also got a loan from the NFL to help pay the initial cost mm -hmm. of actually you know doing the construction. And so the league does have programs like that, but. Um, I, I think it's a shame that the Chargers are no longer in San Diego. San Diego Superchargers. I'm not a big NFL fight song guy. Mm -hmm. Like when I go to Detroit to cover Browns and Lions, the dude that I respect the guy. You know that, what? I, I love, and I'm going to let you continue, but I love that you're doing this to pro prolong my why the Rams won is a good <laughs> that's thing. That's exactly why I'm going. Keep doing going. This no, too. it's all right. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get to but, it. But I, I don't like I don't like <laughs> NFL fight songs. The guy in Detroit, God bless him. The Lions song's annoying. The Bengals song in Cincinnati is annoying. Something prowling. Yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it, rough. It, all horrible. It's but rough. The the one fight song that is not horrible was the San Diego Superchargers fight song. I love that song. The 
the powder blue uniforms, lightning bolt, white helmets. Oh, fantastic. But, um, yeah, I think it sucks that the Chargers are no longer in San Diego. They're in L.A. Nobody gives a crap about them. They now have to share a home. By the way, I'm going to help out Stan Kroenke. He now needs to get Chrysler to uh, be the sponsor of his stadium because he'll have a Ram and a Charger. Oh, man. Within the stadium. Look at you. Marketing you. genius you right are. here. Marketing genius. And, right, I'm, and your, I'm about to rip your heart out. I know. Give me your crap All right, theory Darryl why Ryder. it was so good why it, the it Rams was, won. It was great for the NFL that the Rams won because what do NFL teams do? NFL okay? No, they copy each other. They copy each other, they copy each other, they copy each other. And what have the Rams done over the past couple of years? They've been so active in trades, free agency. They go get Indomitian Sue and trade for Marcus Peters and trade for all these guys. And what did the Eagles do last year? The exact same thing. They went in and traded for uh, uh, J- uh, Jay Ajayi and th- they signed this corner and they made this trade and they what did, did this. What did John Dorsey a- do last they're, year? They're so active. That's the point, is if you're an NFL team, you're going to see these front offices that we've heard it for years. Oh, the Steelers, they don't operate that way. Free agency, nope, they don't do that. It's draft, build, draft, build. That's just what they do. And they pay their own. Well, now these teams, they're going to be like, oh, if we make wise decisions in free agency, if we go get really talented players, if we decide to take a risk on the disgruntled veteran via trade, it could be worth it. So I think we're going to see more and more and more player movement across the NFL. If you're a Browns fan, I think it's great because now I think free agents will look at Cleveland and be more. It'll be more appealing than it's been really in my lifetime. You know, since I was born in '91, you know, maybe the mid '90s it was. You know, '93, '94. I thought you were going to tell me you were looking forward to like Sean Payton's secretary being the next head coach of like the. No, it's it, it literally this team here. I think it really it's going to impact the NFL. You're seeing it with coaches. That's a good point. Everyone's like, oh, let's get this hot new young offensive mind. The Bengals hired his quarterbacks coach. Dude, I know. Who, to be their head who coach. Who was an awful coordinator for the University of Cincinnati back in 2016. But you he's know? an NFL head coach. So who knows if that works out. But to me, if that means more player movement, the one thing I love about the NBA is the player mobility. And people here might hate that I'm saying that. But I love not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing what stars are going to land where. If the NFL gets more and more like that, I think people will enjoy it. And I think it benefits teams with franchise quarterbacks i.e. Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Well, I, I do agree with the the offseason activity. I'm a believer in proven players over draft picks any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I agree. Uh, because all draft picks are – are it's it it's a fugazi. It doesn't it's a lottery exist. ticket. It's a scratch-off. Yeah, that's all it is. You have no idea if it's going to work out. You have no – so I have – that's why – And I, you've covered it firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but it's no, true. I mean, the, the, the Browns for years have been the kings of blowing first-round draft picks. I think that that is now changing that John Dorsey is making the picks because you finally have somebody that you know knows how to evaluate uh, talent. But um, I, I think that you can strike the happy balance between picking in the draft to supplement your roster and also at the same time being aggressive in the trades you know you look at some of the top performers for the browns last last season here you know demarius randall Mm -hmm. they traded freaking deshaun kaiser for him (laughs) and a couple of draft picks you know yep um uh jarvis landry a four and a seven a four last year a seven this year to miami for him he was the leading receiver okay a no-brainer right yep um so when you you know look at it that way they traded carlos hyde so they could make way for nick chubb to take to take over, 
So yeah, from that standpoint, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I enjoy when teams are aggressive on the trade market. And I'm not talking like during the draft when they're like swapping picks and all that. That's mm. probably my least favorite part of the draft. It's tough. Right. It's tough to cover that. Uh, but, and the Browns have been always involved in, in in stuff like that. But you know, when you're talking about when the new league year begins in mid March and you start seeing that type of activity, I remember last year they. You know, the Browns had three trades mm-hmm. the weekend before the new league year was even going to begin. Like, they, they they were in the queue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like, they were they were waiting to be processed. They were in the waiting to be processed in the league office, you know. And, and it, was so, those, it was those two and Taylor, and, right? And, and, and Tyrod Taylor with, uh, you know, with Buffalo because they, you know, were hoping that Tyrod would keep the seat warm this year and basically do what Baker Mayfield did, win six, seven games or so, and mm-hmm. then Baker could take over in your true, similar to what happened with Pat Mahomes. Uh, in Kansas City, unfortunately, Tyrod Taylor is not Alex Smith, so there's a little difference. No, I think t- it's fortunately in in, in, in in talent. So it worked out mm-hmm. that you know I'm a believer in any time that there's conflict, not not conf- conflicts, the wrong word. Anytime there's debate over mm-hmm. something, you know, like you got two guys competing for one job, I never get like I just don't get real emotional about it or to invest because it just it'll work itself out. Mm-hmm. Someone will get hurt. Someone will do something stupid. Someone will play themselves off the field. It, like it just it works itself out. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Indians and in spring training and stuff like that. When they you know they're competing for it, just it works itself sure. out. I'll, just sit back, sip a cup of Joe, enjoy the show. <laughs> How about that? You're rhyming. But uh, yeah, I just to me, I, I think that the NFL activity though, it's just going to be such. It's going to be boosted. Like the idea. I'll just I really throw- thought you were going to go with that. Second biggest market in the in the country. Couldn't give a and damn. You, and you and you got to establish the franchise. And- Couldn't care less. I, I, no, but but I just think. By the from way, a if you're fan Sa- perspective, if you're St. Louis right now, I feel for those people. Yep. I I bet. I feel for them. Yep. You know, where the hell was this three years ago? Although, yeah, I mean, they you know get to the Super Bowl in St. Louis, but still, you know, think, thinking about uh, your team. Was it two years that they they moved two years ago? Three. This is your three. They, this, this is, this is, is your three. three for them so McVay's been there for two years, and uh, so and your boy Jeff Fisher was there for one. So yeah. So if the Rams end up, this is actually going to be worse because it took the Ravens five, I believe, from when they left Cleveland. It did because it was what ninety six through two thousand. It was because yeah. they won in two thousand. Yeah. So yeah, it took them four or five years to actually to to win the Super Bowl. So this is even worse mm-hmm. if the Rams win this. And I'm to I just I have no vested interest in the Super Bowl as far as like rooting goes i'm just gonna sit back enjoy the game and whoever wins wins i mean frankly i i respect the dynasty that bill belichick and tom brady have built mm-hmm. i just i'm i just I'm, I'm tired of it like i'm just i'll be honest with you it's like the yankees winning the world series as many times as they oh, have it's, don't you it, 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 it's i i it just it I have a clear rooting I, interest. I love seeing new teams that haven't oh. been there. I love seeing those those teams win. Like I'm ro- I, I'm I rooting for bowl. Tom Brady so much. Yeah, I like sir, the other night. Think about this: since since the turn of the century, the New England Patriots have played in every other Super Bowl. They played. They have played in fifty percent of the Super Bowls. That's we'll never see that again. That's, that's insane. That's why I'm rooting for. It. It's because yeah. we're never. I, I want history. I want greatness, and they've they've already gotten there. <laughs> They're there now. Pat Mahomes will get another opportunity. Sean McVay's not going well, anywhere. Well, we think Pat Mahomes is going to get he will another get, opportunity. I promise you he will get another There are no guarantees now. No, we had this discussion earlier. There are you not paying attention? They, no, there aren't, but come on. He's, Pat Mahomes, he's a freak. It's, it stands to reason that he's going to get back to that level. Well, but, well, you know what that it felt like to me? Um, well, LeBron in 07. 
You know, the Cavs get there. Oh yeah. When you, they, you yeah, when knew. they got by when they got by, by the Detroit Pistons again, it just you, you go back to that man. This is gonna be fun. Gonna do this every year, and then it could, they 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 couldn't even get back to the finals. Mm-hmm. Orlando bumped them out. The only way the Chiefs don't get there again is if the front office fails them or P- Pat Mahomes gets hurt. Yeah, correct. Uh, assuming, and I'm not, uh, yeah, not trying to be net, but that that's no, the yeah. Reality. I mean, uh, assuming health though, if you as this. long as you build around him, he's gonna get to a Super Bowl. What is it? Seventeen seasons, Tom Brady has not had not been injured. Yeah, he tore his ACL in 08, but, but outside of that. Right. I mean, think about that for a second, mm-hmm. okay? Best player on the best team in the league for nearly two decades, going strong, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's been helped. Like, it's it's inc- it's similar to LeBron. You know, you're you're able to, to, to take care of your body in a fashion that you're still getting hit like everybody else is. Mm-hmm. But yet you're still able to overcome and play through the little things and, and not only play through the little things, but still maintain the same high level of play while you're doing. It's incredible. And you know what I think he did this year? Because a lot of people talked about how his play dropped off yeah. at times this year. That was a big topic. I think he pulled a LeBron. At regular season, we're going to win the division. Oh, they play in the softest division we're in the We're going to get a bye. But I'm not trying to go... 14 and 2 and set records and take a bunch of regular season hits. If we go 11 and 5, 12 and 4, that's fine. I'll turn it on in the playoffs. Yeah. How many times did we see LeBron wait till January to, all right, it's time to slowly ramp it up? He did that year after year. We saw yeah. it during all those title well, runs. That, well, but here's the thing. And here's why he did, because he learned his first time in Cleveland. He was expending all this energy in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think the Cavs won 63 games. I, I forget the number. They were in the '60s. His last year here, mm-hmm. they they spent all this energy, you know, winning the top seed and, and all those type of things. Then he gets to Miami and he realizes, man, who cares? Yep. As long as I'm on the floor, seven game series, baby. Bet on me every time. I don't care if I'm the first seed or the se- mm-hmm. the eighth seed. We're gonna win the series, and I don't care where we have to play either. It does it does not matter to me if we have to go play the first two games of a series on the road. So be it. He learned to conserve his energy. And spend it accordingly. Yep. And I, you know, and we we've seen this with him in Los Angeles a little bit too, where he'll take plays off on the defensive end. No doubt, it was obvious last year. You know, he he, he's not exactly going to bust it down the floor each and every time. Okay, and that and that's okay. He picks and chooses his spots to burn his energy, Mm -hmm. and he's he's learned it. And to his credit, and that's what the great players do Mm -hmm. is they learn how to manage their bodies both mentally and physically to so that when the game is on the line or the championships on the line whatever okay mm-hmm. that's when they're able to turn it on and 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 be at their peak and you know what Tom Brady has done into his 40s is nothing short of incredible not and well and I I agree with you I don't think I don't think we'll ever see this again I I mean you can make an argument they should name a trophy after Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know all the trophy names are spoken for or whatever, but they that's how great these guys are together. And and I like Brady, the athlete. I'm biased. I root for him. Like I I just I'm a Tom Brady fan. It's because of Giselle, isn't it? It has well before Giselle. <laughs> okay. He was the comeback kid. At people are gonna hate this, but I, even at Michigan. I remember, oh. I, and I'm not a Michigan fan at all. But you can man, follow James on Twitter I, I, at James. Rapine. Yeah, that's right. But uh, the comeback kid, as he was known, 
Um, no, I've always rooted for Tom Brady. I don't know why. I don't know what it was. And then he becomes the star and wins Super Bowls and all this stuff happens. But to me, getting six. All I know is that Bill Belichick pulled a Bernie 2.0 with Drew Bledsoe and it worked. Yes, that's right. It worked. (laughs) It did. It it totally worked. Yep. And And I don't think anyone, even after three, after they got three Super Bowls, I don't think anyone expected this. Look at his career 2012 on. Yeah. Like that alone. Look at that. The past six years. That's better than than most quarterbacks. I, I still can't I still can't get over though that basically this century. 50% 50% of the Super Bowls have been Tom Brady and Bill Belichick mm-hmm. participating. It's incredible. It is. And you'll 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 never see that again. No. I mean, I again, just I, I don't again, think you're going I, to. I, again, I go back to the Saints. They got one. They got 44 in the can. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so hard to Brett and Favre, that, and, and one. That, right, Aaron Rodgers, one. Right, and that's what ma- makes what Brady as annoyed as I am by it and I'm just I'm I'm just New England patrioted out, okay? But I, I respect the hell out of what they have been able to do, the dominance, the consistency, the dynasty that they have built. It's incredible. We'll probably never see it again. And you, ha- and you have tremendous respect for it. But that just amplifies the greatness that they've achieved because, as you, you just mentioned, mm-hmm. you Dan Marino, for as great as he was, yep. never won one. Never. Never. Okay? For as great as some of those Browns teams and, and Bernie was here in Cleveland, Never won anything. Won yeah. a couple division titles. Got to the AFC. Didn't win anything. No, no disrespect to those guys, but that's that's like the cold hard math. That's Even the, as great as Joe was, got to four. I know how, he won all. Four. How about this? Got how to about, four. How about the Chiefs bringing out Joe Montana to be their like what it you know whoop up the crowd? He didn't win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's true. That's true. He won all his Super Bowls with San Francisco, and they're bringing true. Joe Montana out. To want to be like, what is wrong with this you, picture? You, you think Joe was secretly rooting for Tom Brady? No, I don't know. Brady grew up a big Joe Montana fan, a 49ers fan. Yeah, but no, I I don't know. It's just that's that's a great question. You know, because is he rooting against him because he doesn't want? Oh, I don't want Brady to pass me twice. You know, get two more than I have. I was gonna say Brady already passed. Him, well, so five four. Yeah, 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 yeah. But interesting. I you know. But the Patriots are five, right? They got five of them. They're five. So they, Brady's they, five and three. So they're one they're ready, to be So they're ready to start the second hand. Steelers have six. I would have no problem if the Patriots won and tied the Steelers. Exactly. See, Browns fans, there's your. Re- That's why you can agree with James and root for Tom Brady and the Patriots. So the Steelers aren't aren't left alone there with six. I don't want that. <laughs> oh, look, I'm from I'm from Cincinnati. We don't like the Steelers. You don't like the Steelers here either, so it's it's a natural transition. My God, I'd much rather New England get. I hope they get to seven, but, eight. But then again, the there's there's the part of me that like last year, I loved that the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Patriots Ugh. and and ended their Super Bowl drought. And, a half and a second more, Brady completes the pass to James White on the far side of the screen. They pick up the first down and they march downfield and score the touchdown. And instead, it was a sack fumble. I, I remember the exact play. I remember James White is open at the top of the screen. Brady turns to throw it, and boom, he gets hit. Oh, those are the breaks, kid. You can tell I'm a big Brady fan. You are a big. Ooh. I I did not know this about you. Love him. I just do. I just love that. 
He's just great, and he holds himself to a high standard, and even though he has the supermodel wife and a moat in multiple houses in this perfect life, he still busts his ass. How about this? He he's, busts he's, his ass to How about play this? He's also not the top-paid quarterback in the league, and he should be. Not even close. It's not. Yeah, was he, I think he's making, what, 15 this Something year? Something like that, yeah. Because he's such a team guy mm-hmm. that he's always restructured his contracts so that they could take care of, of his teammates. Yep. Stay within the salary cap, supplement the team so that every year he can play for a Super Bowl. Yeah. That, in and of itself, is greatness. And they didn't supplement the team well enough this year. No, they didn't. I'll go ahead and say that. My no. God. Not Julian Edelman, Chris Ho. I mean, everyone's lost a step. By the Grunk way, I got to ask you, because since you mentioned, there, I thought it's because you mentioned Edelman. How much of a fan are you of Tony Romo predicting and calling out the plays in a broadcast before they happen? I I loved it the other night. Now, there are times last year where he got, I think, a little too much, a little too cute with it, where he did the telestrator. It was getting a little stale. I thought he was great the other night. You get, don't. You don't like it. I don't like – I would rather – it's not that I don't like it. It's I would rather him explain to me after the play, after after the completion to Edelman over why, the middle, why, why that happened, okay? And explain to me why you – you know g- – Explain it in reverse order. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From the catch going all the way back to pre-snap and what you... Because to me, you're spoiling the movie. Now, you come off sounding like a genius and brilliant, and I think that that's why everyone loves Tony Romo right now, and he's the hot analyst, because it's different. You you don't hear you don't hear analysts do that on mm-hmm. the air, where they just say, hey, this, this is going to be a, a, a motion to the right, they're going to throw it over the middle, hit Edelman, boom. Mm-hmm. And then that's what happens. Like, you... I just want to ask Tony, what are the lottery numbers and uh, what's the Powerball? That's, that's here's here's why I like it. it. It's innovative, it's different, but also at the same time, I kind of feel like that the movie's being spoiled for sure. me. I give him credit; he's done it. He's he sees it, but I I just I feel like sometimes that it's it's ruining it for me. I would rather you explain to me. How in the hell is he trying to find Julian Edelman over the middle? And why is he always able to find him where he wants him? Or Gronk. And He's, Edelman and Gronk weren't open, by the way. That's what I'm Some saying. Some of those like, throws were insane. Like, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Like, I know you're trying to get the ball to those guys. I want to know how in the hell, when you're trying, to your point earlier, when you're saying, you know, those are my targets. Crunch time. And they yep. always find a way in crunch time with the game on the line to get the football in those guys' hands. I want to know why they're able to do it. Sure. Break it down for me and explain to me why. Every freaking time a situation with the game on the line, it's always Edelman or Gronk from Brady, you know, mm-hmm. to to either get the, the key first down or, you know, get the big chunk play or touchdown or whatever. Like, that to me is like the next level. Like, when Tony starts doing that, a little less than the prediction. I think I because I think he's a very good analyst. I enjoy listening to him and Jim Nance do a do a fabulous job. I just sometimes, you know, I just kind of get annoyed with the okay. Stop telling me what's going to happen. Can I watch the movie first, then explain to me why it happened? I see your point, and I get it. Here's why I like it though, because I'm James. James, it's third and nine here. James, can you believe it? It's yeah. third and nine. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. And it gets me excited. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it is third and nine. Edelman, Edelman, catch this, you bleepity bleep. Um, the reason I like it, though, in all seriousness, it's because as much as we know football, I'll speak for me. Tony Romo's forgotten more football than I'll I ever don't know. I don't know X's and O's like that. Like, even if you played at high-level high school football, the stuff, 
80% of the stuff on Sunday, you're not going to recognize some of that stuff and recognize the form. Oh, this is going to be a handoff to the right side because of the motion. And so it's like, oh, Edelman, that's the guy I need to be zoned in on. Don't worry about Dorsett at the bottom. That's who I should worry about on this play. Yep. And then it's there. So I get it. It's kind of like a spoiler. Because you're alert. able to key on because he's saying, okay, the ball's going to go at Edelman, so your eyes automatically go to him, and Correct. you're just going to follow him throughout the play. And exactly. See so so I like that. I, I do. I get why why you say, oh, it's kind of like a spoiler alert. But, man. And maybe it's just it's because it was so, he, he's so well wrong. executed. He's because really it, wrong. And that was the thing is, look, national television audience. It was audience. like five straight plays. He called out in succession. Yeah, Brady and the Patriots, well-oiled machine. <laughs> and Tony Romo does the same thing. It just worked perfectly because they executed it as well as he predicted it. Yeah. And so what what a great stage for Tony Romo to be on. Are you excited that he's on the Super Bowl call? I am. Okay. I am. So even though that's there, oh, you're yeah, excited. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that I don't like Tony Romo. Mm. I, I just, it's one minor critique of how he calls the game. Last that- year, I think that got old for me too. Like it wore me down that he was, oh, watch the fade here. Watch the fade, Jim. Right. That got old. This year, I don't know if it's just because, I don't know. I feel like I've watched plenty of Tony this year. Broadcasting and stuff, but I don't know if he's not, he's done it as much. He backed off a little. We're going to see a lot of Tony Romo next year. You think? Oh, yeah. Prime time, baby. That's why this, I'm telling you, man, this is going to be a new animal for the Cleveland Browns in 2019. And they're going to have all these free agents because the, the Rams set this, set the standard. Well, the good news is, is that you're not building the team through free agency. And I think that that's the misnomer. Everyone assumes that, or, or wants to say that, the Rams just, you know, went out and spent a ton, which they did. They did. They, mm-hmm. they spent a ton of money. Don't get me wrong. But that's not, like. No, they, they had their, their they, best defensive player, they, Aaron Donald. They, they drafted. They had Jared they, Goff. They had Todd Gurley. They had their right. coach. They, you know. they, they, they drafted well. They hired well. And then they used their assets going forward to supplement their team. And that's, but that's how you do it. Like, that's the formula. I know you're, you're saying that. That's revolutionary, or it's going to possibly change the way the league does business and gets away from the Packers and the Steelers and the Ravens with the mm-hmm. draft and develop and compete and and re- you'll still have to draft and develop, right? Always. I, I, you know, we've seen that with here in Cleveland with how Dorsey's handle it, and I think we're going to continue to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually would not even have a problem if John Dorsey traded the Browns' first round pick this year. I wouldn't either. I would not bat an eyelash. Because what, what do you need? Okay, you need a tackle. Okay. Mm-hmm. You need, uh, you probably need a linebacker because you're probably going to replace Jamie Collins. You're going to need another, another corner or two or three because you can never have enough cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. And that's independent of anything with Denzel Ward. And if anyone's worried about him, which I'm not, but I get why some people might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. I would have no problem if John Dorsey wanted to flip that number seventeen pick in the draft for a, for a, for a experienced in his prime Pro Bowl caliber player. I would have I wouldn't bat an eye. Antonio eyelash. Brown. Still, that'll never happen. That will never. I'm happen. I'm just asking. Would you do it? I would. But Odell it, Beckham it, Jr. I, I I just I don't like contemplating stuff that'll never happen. Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know that it would never happen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that I think I think the cap hit for the Giants is like thirty million if they traded him, and I don't see the Giants doing gotcha. that. But that's the type of level player I want if I'm giving up seventeen. Right, right. Or and here's the other thing: you could always trade back six spot. You know, no, trade. no, 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 no. I'm done with the trading back stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a fan to, of that. Oh, no, I hate to at, trade back. at seventeen. 
it, it especially in this draft, you might be you don't on the fringe of getting one of the elite. I've, and I've, I know the Browns I've, have traded back. I've, I've watched two decades of the Browns trading back in the draft. I'm good. <laughs> you don't want to trade back and get no. Corey Coleman? No. No? No. But but Carson Wentz, Carson we got, Wentz, we got, North Dakota got, State, he's not going to be good. We we got Corey Coleman instead of Michael Thomas. He's not going to be good. Yes, I mean I everyone had Corey Coleman ahead of Michael Thomas. But here's the thing, I can't complain about that because Michael Thomas is like the best receiver in the league, and he's catching passes from Drew Brees. Exactly, exactly. It he, worked out. It did. No, it did. And here's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, no, we're about to wrap it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, no break, no break. We don't need to break here. We're about to wrap it up. Um. But, uh, yeah, I think that if you can use that 17 pick and get, I don't know, is there a shutdown corner out there? You know, Is there going to be a shutdown well, corner I, available? I Maybe. It, that's probably a trade you can't make because you need, like, cornerbacks are gold right now. C- cornerbacks are as important to teams right now as quarterbacks, in my view. What? Top, th- th- there are three, don't you dare. There are, there are three, as important? They're quarterbacks need, are more important than any. I, I, I understand. I'm saying though, but on the on the defensive side of the football, it's pass rush, pass rusher, edge rusher, and your corner. Those are the two positions you absolutely have to have filled on your defense to have a shot in hell of being anything in the NFL. Much like on the other side of the football, you can't win without a without without a quarterback. I see what it's, you're saying. It's okay. It's 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 on that same level. You have to. It's have, important, right? You there have you to have three positions. To be a championship caliber team in the National Football League, you have to have the Holy Trinity, quarterback, cornerback, edge rusher. You have to have those three players. If you don't have those three players, it's awful, awful tough for you to compete at the level that you need to if you want to be a Super Bowl contender. Luckily for the Cleveland Browns, they got all three filled. And there will be some good corners available at 17. Yeah. I believe that. Just and, looking ahead, I, and, I do. And, and, and uh, I haven't... I haven't gotten into the. I know the Senior Bowls this week. I, I this was this was actually refreshing for me this year. Like I didn't spend my November and December scouting college football players. It's oh, awful. <laughs> for the first, that's tough. For the first time in like five years, I did not spend November and December scouting college football. 2016, players. 2017. That's what, the Bengals were out of it in December, right. and it was all. That's all I did. It's draft, and by the time the draft gets there. You're exhausted. I know. I'm sick of it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, now you can start at normal time. uh, By April 1st, I'm just like, is the draft over yet? Why? Yeah, And, you know, this year, it's going to be – I don't even have to care about the quarterbacks. You know, maybe a late-round guy. I I think Trace McSorley. I'm calling it now. I think that there's a chance in the sixth – Back up. Trace McSorley. Sixth or seventh round, I think that you – sure, you take a flyer on a guy, okay? Mm -hmm. Because you can – because at – Best case scenario, it turns into an asset that later you flip into a couple of first round picks. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not that you're threatening Baker Mayfield or anything like that. It's about developing somebody who, like the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. have done behind Tom Brady all these years. Look at all the quarterbacks that they flipped into assets. It's it's that same philosophy. It's not like you're spending a high pick, and if the guy doesn't work out, who cares? It's a sixth or seventh round pick. Exactly. What do you do? Like if you get a sixth or a seventh round pick, like. To turn into anything, let alone Tom freaking Brady, like, you know, it, it's gravy for you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, if they turn into a, they make the team and contribute on special teams, right? Seventh rounder, that's great. You, you, where you make your money as a GM and where you're ultimately judged is those first and second rounders. If you blow those, it doesn't matter how many third through seventh rounder guys you find, because if you're blowing the best picks in the draft, 
right? You're not going to have the stars. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And you need and, and one of my biggest criticisms of the Browns for years, aside from all the, the losing that they had done, is they never had blue-chip talent. Mm-hmm. Well, now you look at the roster, they got blue-chip talent. Yep. Which in means... A, in a variety of positions. Which means they can go at it in free agency, via trade. They can play around. They could be Ram, the Rams, seriously. They're, young they're, quarterback, young offensive-minded head coach, running back in place, cornerback in place, pass rushers in place. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 that there's a lot of potential here. A lot of potential. And with that, we're gonna leave. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Thank Podcast. Because I'm really tired of hearing you tell me how great the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Oh, was. it was great. It's gonna impact everything. It's gonna make your life more fun here in Cleveland. Follow Daryl on Twitter at RightOrWrongFan. Follow me on Twitter at James Rubin. We'll be back at it next week. We'll do some Super Bowl prop bets next week. Super Bowl prop bets? What do you think about that stuff? I'm, I'm not a gambling man. All right, we could talk Would about Would you like to know why? Because you've lost too much. Because I always lose. That's right. <laughs> I knew it. Have you not remembered? I'm one for 25 in my predictions. You had a lot, a lot. By the way, I had Rams and Pats on our 92.3 The Fan. Super Bowl predictions at the beginning of the Did you really? Swear. Go back and look. I also also said Mike McCarthy would be the Browns head coach. We'll talk to you guys next week on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.